Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, in this podcast message, Discerning the Hour, Part 1, we are going to look to the Holy Spirit for His enlightening discernment in the understanding of where we really are in God's prophetic timeline. For while, along with many other signs, the world spirals into more chaos with each new day, and the push for a one-world political, religious, and economic system grows stronger. But for a preserved holy remnant, there are many within the Church of Jesus Christ who do not believe the Lord is coming soon, or they have stopped caring altogether, marking the almost full-blown Laodicea condition and the lukewarm state of this complacent and worldly church which Jesus said would exist just prior to his return. This, of course, in of itself, gives evidential help in discerning the hour, for Scripture also informs us that just prior to the appearance of the Antichrist, apostasy would be rampant. In a rapture form commentary, Jonathan Brenter addresses what he calls the tragic divorce of our blessed hope from the salvation gospel of Jesus Christ. He writes, Somewhere in the past, a tragic divorce occurred. Theologians decided that we must separate the return of Jesus for his church from the proclamation of the gospel. The results of this untimely divorce have led to a dearth of understanding among believers regarding Jesus' appearing and the joyful anticipation that comes with such awareness. We witnessed an example of this estrangement of Bible prophecy from the gospel in the June 19, 2019 decision of the Evangelical Free Church of America. On that day, the members of the EFCA voted to remove the word premillennial from their statement of faith. The reasoning they gave behind this decision was that its members should unite only on the essentials of the faith and to not let peripheral matters such as premillennialism exclude others from their fellowship. On the surface, that seems to sound almost right. However, is not every word held within the Holy Scriptures essential to God's plan of salvation and are growing in the sanctifying power of that new birth reality? Second Timothy 3.16 confirms that indeed it is, for it is written that, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. True unity of the brethren cannot be accomplished unless they are unified in the whole counsel of God's truth. Repentance of sins and complete trust in Jesus Christ alone is surely the foundation of salvation's eternal life promise. But it is also the cornerstone that holds up every other revelation of truth that is held within His Word. But by the EFCA's decision, they have separated a literal tribulation, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, and the rapture, from what they regard as the essentials of the gospel. However, many New Testament texts connect the imminent appearing of Jesus for his church with the gospel hope of believers, such as Titus 2, 11-14, Philippians 3, 20-21, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, 
1 Thessalonians 1, 8 to 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 55, and Romans 8, 23 to 25. Our departure from the earth and the receiving of our imperishable bodies were essential elements of the gospel hope of the New Testament saints. Why has this changed so drastically in our day? The divorce of the rapture from the gospel has resulted in a near blackout of teaching about our blessed hope in most churches. This impacts new believers, as well as seasoned saints, in a negative way, as it leaves them ill-prepared to live in a fear-ridden society because they are given no prophetic context into which they can place the violence and lawlessness of our day or the very real push for a new world order that is surely on the horizon and, which Scripture informs us, will be headed by the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. And thus, our call to be separate from the world as his called out ones is replaced with a social gospel that binds us to the world and its many endeavors. We then become just another belief system that is added to the many others and tied together with the efforts of many to live a better life in a better world. Reuniting the specifics of our eternal hope with the gospel of salvation is therefore essential for the following reasons. First, it completes the message of the gospel. The book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 8 to 10 reveals that the hope of Jesus soon appearing was an essential facet of the gospel that Paul preached during his short stay in Thessalonica. Notice what the apostle wrote about the reception of his gospel message among the new converts. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need to say nothing. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. The immediate outcome of the Thessalonian saving faith was to wait for Jesus appearing, known scripturally as the harpazo, or catching up to him. Paul included the return of Jesus for his church in his preaching to them from the beginning of his time in the city. Why else would they have responded to his message by instantly focusing their expectations on Jesus' return for them? The new converts in Thessalonica so fixed their hope on their departure from the earth that when some in their midst died, they grieved unnecessarily, thinking they would miss out on the rapture, as recorded in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14-19. In response, Paul emphasized the primary place of the dead in Christ, telling his converts that Jesus would resurrect them first, before those who would still be alive at the time of his appearing. In Romans 8.23, Paul identifies a key aspect of the rapture, which is the redemption of our bodies. He then says in verse 24, For in this hope we were saved. Paul regarded this event that we call the rapture as a key aspect of his preaching, because it signified the hope contained in the saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see a similar connection of hope to the gospel in Colossians 1, 4-5.
The good news of our salvation does not end with the resurrection of Jesus. It includes his return for us. Jesus promises eternal life to all who believe in him. And that joyous new life enters its fullness when he catches us, both dead and alive, up to meet him in the air, and we are given our immortal bodies just prior to the greatest horror ever to befall the world at the Great Tribulation. The second reason it is essential to not separate the blessed hope from the gospel message is it keeps the eyes of the true believers on our eternal hope. One sad result of the sorrowful divorce of the prophetic from the basics of Scripture is that it has taken the eyes of believers away from our ultimate hope and on to the world. The purposeful neglect of Bible prophecy in many churches today has resulted in the suppression of the ultimate good news that awaits every true believer. For while we do not know the exact hour or day when Jesus will come for us, we are told by Scripture that we would know the season, and we are exhorted to look for the signs of His appearing. And there is a reward for those who do so. In Second Timothy 4.8, the Apostle Paul wrote, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. When our blessed hope is removed from the salvation message, the eyes of the believer become focused on this life, and not on the heavenly matters that now concern us as new creations and citizens of heaven. And once we become earthbound, we become ineffective in our heavenly calling, as ambassadors of His unadulterated word of truth and life, and the eternal hope it promises. The third reason it is critical to not separate our blessed hope as part of salvation's foundational truth is that it preserves the purity of the gospel. During January of 2020, churches in Scotland and England disinvited Franklin Graham to speak because of his opposition to the LBGTQ agenda. Brian Kerr, a Church of Scotland pastor in Lanark, said this, Franklin Graham isn't the voice of Christianity. The same approach to the words of Scripture and the full counsel of the Word of God that led them to deny the literal millennial reign of Jesus which is revealed and confirmed in Revelation 21-10, to also eroded their belief in biblical values to the point where they could no longer tolerate the gospel message in its completeness. Once a pastor, church, or denomination relegates a prophetic passage as allegory, they eventually apply the same methodology to other biblical passages, and false teachings ensue. This will surely happen to the EFCA someday if the Lord does not come for us before then. And this is where we'll have to pause for today, beloved. In our next podcast, we'll pick up where we left off. And until then, please remember that as God's chosen race, we have been dubbed a peculiar people, meaning that we have been set apart unto Him. And we now no longer live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. 
If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.